Wednesday, a second episode in the same week. Boom! Dropping oral gifts on you all this week. Oh, oh, no. Uh, audio gifts? Maybe that sounds a little better. <laughs> I, I didn't think that one through before I actually said it out loud. Uh, no oral gifts from me, just uh, auditory gifts. Audio gifts? Another episode of the podcast, let's put it that way. And this one, uh, last week's guest, last week, maybe you just finished that one, last episode's guest was Holly Hamill, and she was encouraging me to talk to uh, a good friend of hers who she met through her work, and him and his co-worker all wanted to come on. And Sierra got thrown in last minute, so I have to do some digging up to find uh, links on how to get a hold of her and whatever, but... So it's Holly Hamill, and I don't even have my notes in front of me because I want to get this out to you guys. Uh, but Paul and Sierra were the other two. Paul and Sierra work together. Um, and again, in the show notes, they'll have the links on how to get a hold of them for that kind of stuff. They do website building, graphic design, stuff for businesses. I know I'm going to butcher it and they're going to hate me for it, but um, I will have everything in the show notes, links, all that stuff. I'll put Holly's stuff in there again. But essentially, it was just a, a digital four-way, if you want to call it that. Um, they're kind of into the same stuff. There's some good stuff in there for people who may not be feeling the best on kind of how to deal with different kind of feelings, their opinions on different things. And I think I had a really, really good time. I felt that I was a bit out of place because they're all very well-spoken and know their stuff inside and out. And we had some good laughs and just kind of meandering talk for, I would say, a little over an hour. I didn't look at the actual time, but it was, uh, I had to hard out to go get the dang kids from school so I had to cut it off we probably could have gone for another hour and perhaps we'll have them all back on again but uh, yeah please enjoy the show and in the meantime while you're enjoying this bonus episode uh, send me an email send me a message on Instagram send me something on Facebook somebody who you think would be a good guest um, anything any sort of fan interaction shout out to Matthias Harder uh, that's not your real name Matthew but uh, for always sharing, always liking, always loving, I super appreciate it. That just gets more eyes on the show. And this episode is sponsored by... That's right, nobody. Not yet. So, uh, if you want your business, if you're a local business especially, and you want me to say a little something about it, uh, probably would be something more along the lines of something that could be done online, or if you make a product, something you'd be willing to ship because... According to Captivate.fm, there's people all over the world that listen to this. So if it's something where it's like, oh, I have a drywall company, you're probably not going to go to Romania to hang some drywall. But uh, I'm open to whatever. We can figure something out. I can give you a little shout out. Um, Other than that, just sit back and enjoy the show. Talk to you later, guys. Okay. As always, live. I, there's no intro, there's no whatever, just record and go. Hello. Hello. I'll, I'll introduce everyone in the intro so you don't have to. But like I said, I don't know if everyone knew because Sierra, right, came on last minute. Video is for the purpose because it's easier to talk to people. But in this one, only the audio records. 
So if you spent uh, you know an hour in face hair and makeup or something, I apologize because nobody will anyone. see any of this. <laughs> I actually look this fabulous all the time. She does. I was yeah, gonna really say tough. either it's wonderful lighting or you're literally perfect because it, it looks both. amazing. She's, she's and really, modest too. I love it. Yes. She's beautiful. Well, I will say the lighting in this bedroom, these giant windows. I'm in an old house from the 1800s. It's gorgeous lighting. So I have a little help. Nice. I assumed it was old or you were a fan of inefficient heat due to the radiator behind you. But yes. Yeah. I mean, it works when it works. Oh, and they stay hot for three days. The That's the problem with those is if you're warm, you need to know three days ago that you're warm because it takes 18 <laughs> hours to cool back down in them. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Holly. Hi. Hi. Um, You're the one who essentially threw this together. Yes, yes, yes. Do you ha- can you just give as much as I don't like an interview and I like a conversation, just kind of you know them better, introduce your friends and just kind of why you thought it would be fun to put you on the spot because I like doing that. I am happy to stand right on the spot, right in the center of it. So, um, yes. Okay. So I thought it would be really fun to share with you some of my dear friends and co-collaborators in my magical business. And um, the reason that I thought it would be fun to share them is because they have been so instrumental for me. And we each have these really cool intersecting relationships and connections and this like social geometry that has been, um, it's just been a lot of fun to get to know them on a personal level as friends and then be able to work together. And what's so magical about them is, you know, they each have their own, you know, unique magic, but um, mm-hmm. they've both studied a lot of actual magic and they're both uh, writers and graphic designers. And they happen to meet in my, in one of my coaching containers, right? Um, I'm also taking credit for Sierra's true love benjamin who is my my dear friend <laughs> and an angel yes he's the best so um so yeah i just wanted to uh to share the magic of what they're doing because my business is so um Oh, it's so like esoteric and like kind of like out there ethereal even. And so they've been really instrumental in not only being able to like go there with me. Um, I'm a, a psychic medium transformational guide. Um, I do Akashic Records and, um, you know, all of the coaching and counseling type of stuff that goes with that. Um, and they've been able to help me. Um, really bring that out of the ether, this like magical sphere where everything's kind of like mercurial and misty and then be able to like bring it into concrete, logical format for my um, for my website and then also my business plan. And so that's what I've found is has been like the um, this like really tricky missing piece for a lot of people that kind of do my work is to be able to have people who understand them and can take them from like this, like misty, like woo woo place to like, okay, here's the actual plan. Here's a flow chart. Here's a strategy. Here's the information so that the average person can understand like what you're, what you're doing with yourself and your purpose and your offer. Sure. So it's, you're not just having some random out of school who might know graphic design, but knows nothing about what you do. It helps to have people who understand what you're doing 
and the business you're trying to do all at once? Is that exactly, exactly? Because I probably had several, um, like just existential crises <laughs> throughout the process because it is such a, um, Paul's laughing because he knows <laughs> he was there to like sweep up the pieces. I shibble. <laughs> but um, it's it's such a personal thing to go into a business like this. And, and honestly, any business that is like truly, truly your passion, because you're so mm. like immersed in the spirit and the emotion of what it is that sometimes it's hard to make it, you know, more cognitive, logical, rational, um, so that people can understand it. Cause when it's your true, true life passion, it just, it, you know, it means so much to you and that sometimes you can just get lost in the, in the swirling of it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they okay. were, they, they stand out from like the average group of like, okay, well tell me what you wanted to say. I'm going to put it, you know, I'm going to, you know, put this text here and this photo here and make this, you know, website flow or whatever. Like I would, I didn't even know what to tell them to say because I was so like, woo, like in my, you know, just like mm-hmm. in the spirit of it all. And that's what I think is like a really unique piece that they do that isn't um, just something that you can just find anywhere. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, it, I don't even know how to say it. I'm, my brain's going 100 miles an hour. The awkward pause in there that I won't edit out. Um, how we call, so, we call those a comfortable silence. As, I don't know. It's comfortable for you, maybe. Um, <laughs> it can be. <laughs> so you guys are all in different like you, states. How you're in Atlanta, right? Yep. Okay, and Paul's in. I'm in Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Yep. And Sierra. I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. So, one of my favorite places in the world. Yeah. <laughs> For real. So how did you guys... A special place. Like, through your work, obviously, you found these people. Was it through the magic of the internet? Are you all originally from the same area? Or so how? Because there's I'll take the 7 billion on people on the internet. How do you literally happen to find one another? It's very... It's crazy. Karmic contracts, yep. first off. <laughs> Absolutely that. And Holly is just an incredible human being with a lot of psychic abilities. And she is part of a supernova society group that helps so many people. And they create these online coaching containers, which were instrumental, especially during the pandemic, when there was this huge disconnect between people. And Mm -hmm. she created this week-long challenge, the Event Horizon Challenge. And that's where I met her. That's where I met Paul. I've actually not met Paul in real life. And he came to me afterwards And that's when we started up Divergent Perspectives, which is our marketing agency slash business development, web building, graphic design, the works. Nice. So do you both, Sierra and Paul, that's you're both schooled in that or is one more business, one more graphics? Just what are, I guess, your simplified backgrounds? Simplified. Uh, (laughs) How about Sierra go first? I majored in mass communications here at the University of North Carolina at Asheville. Uh, I did journalism. I did graphic design. I did video editing, photo editing, the works. But I ended up specializing in graphic design, and that's what I do for a living. Gotcha. I, um, I've got a crazy resume. I, I've, <laughs> I've had a few more years to, to flush it out. Um, I went to school for uh, mass communication. Well, actually, I originally got a grad degree in psychology. Uh, I was focusing mm-hmm. in human development, neurological development. 
and decided I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be a journalist. So I went and got a journalism degree, which at the time was best suited with a more broad mass communications degree. So I was a journalist for about 10 years and then I, then I transitioned into uh, business development and a mm-hmm. uh, full range of mass communication services. Uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've started everything from, you know, solar panel manufacturing businesses Damn. to, you know, barter networks on a small community scale. Um, for the last seven years, I've worked with uh, some very high level scientific types, uh, folks who are involved in the Human Genome Project at the University of Washington nice. in uh, plant genomics. Mm-hmm. So and now I do this. That's fantastic. That's do you do you find Paul that since you seem similar to me, where I don't dive into one thing and then like I'm bored with this and go to the next. I have an issue where I need like 36 hours in a day because I dive into eight things all at once. Like there's nine things that I want to do all the time. Are you focused to one thing? I'm going to do this the best I can. And if I get bored, I'm going to go do something else. Or are you just throwing it all over the place like I am? I go where the spirit leads me. Uh, that And that explains the, most sure. of the diversity. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm way overly ambitious for sure. <laughs> yes, uh, I am. But uh, it, it really is... Uh, you know, you just pay attention and you know where you're supposed to go. And that's where I end up. See, that's, I even said it in our little group last night without Sierra. Sorry, we, they weren't talking shit or anything. Just <laughs> you happen to not be in there. Uh, but I, uh, I just lost my entire train of thought. Jesus, that's why I had 19 things going on at once and I can't focus ever. Don't oh, play dumb. Uh, I Joel, even said, don't play dumb. I said, <laughs> Is there a like a virtual little mouth swat? Um, <laughs> something about like these are the kind of people I need to talk to because no one yeah. around. It's a small town, northern Wisconsin, and it's. I mean, you don't get hella esoteric in Wisconsin. It is. You get anywhere other than where I'm at, and okay. I mean Madison is very open. They're very it's a very spiritual city. I would say a very yeah open to anything literally anything because it's madison milwaukee not as much but still there and that's that's it we have like three other kind of urban ish areas but they're still small in comparison to anything else so it's just i even said like it's nice to talk to people who've left their county and read (laughs) more than just the local newspaper because i probably will make some people mad and not everyone here is like that but it's I don't know how, like, they've never traveled. They have no ambition to everything other than the way it was is stupid. And we're just going to keep plugging away the same thing. And then you throw all the last four and a half years into the mix. And it's gone completely sideways to anyone who has stepped foot in anywhere other than the town they were born. And these people just, it's just maddening. And you can't argue. You can't argue with them. You can't try to prove facts. You can't do anything. You just, it's not even worth the effort because that's what they see. They believe they'll find the facts to support the narrative that they want to believe. And that's it. They will watch certain news stations, left, right, whatever their thing is. And and that's it. And it's so frustrating because it's you're Catholic or you're Lutheran. That's really what there is around here. 
and either you're one, the other, or you're a heathen, <laughs> you know. So I've actually got a lot of family out in the Midwest um, from Illinois and uh, St. Louis, and my boss is up in Milwaukee. I actually just mm-hmm. had a really wonderful, enlightening conversation with my Aunt Donna, who is in Illinois in Springfield, and uh, she was questioning me about the whole uh, abortion topic with the whole thing, legislation happening in Texas mm-hmm. and all that. And I thought for sure that it was going to be a dead end and walking straight into a wall. But the way that you approach a conversation like that is instead of just shouting your opinions at one another, listen first, emphatically listen. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you had lived their life, if you chose to live their life and kind of take that upon yourself and then offer what your opinion is. Have you ever considered blank? Have you ever considered this side of this object? Not telling them they're wrong, but hey, there's more than two sides to a cube. Check yeah, it out. <laughs> yes. And that to me was has been the most frustrating thing in four and a half years to not put too fine a point on it is that it seems it's gone from like, well, I think this like there's good points here, good points here, whether it's religion, political, whatever, everyday life to now right now it's complete black and white. Like you either believe everything I do or you're wrong. Well, from, so much of it is no pushed. matter which side. Yeah. So, so yeah. much of it is pushed by the Facebook algorithm and oh, you get more God. of what you search. And so oftentimes people are just, I think there's a word for it. Um, it's all, I, I always say it's like, it's all affirmation. It's not information. I think it's you're, called implicit bias. Am I right? Implicit bias, confirmation mm. bias. Yes. Yeah. Confirmation yeah. bias. Yes. There's a lot of logical traps. Um, and this is just the way the human nervous system works. You know, we edit things out to suit our convenience and our, you know, our, our presuppositions. Uh, it's very common. You can't argue people out of it, frankly, uh, because it's hardwired. Um, during a time when everyone's, you know, fight or flight is in utter panic mode, um, and whether you recognize it or not, on some level, your survival is being threatened. You're, I mean, the, the parts of your, the higher cortical centers, the parts of your brain that are involved in parsing complex subjects, it just shuts down because you're trying well, to survive. Just to level. circle back to Aunt Donna, uh, it ultimately came down to what's right for you isn't right for everyone, and accepting that other people are going to have different opinions, and that doesn't change yours. And it doesn't affect you is really what it comes down to. <laughs> yes. And that's it's just <laughs> not it's not a thing around here. It's just you can't have you can't have a conversation. There is no such thing as a conversation. Not allowed to have un- divergent perspective. Unless you are 100 percent in agreement with what they're saying. They could okay. be on some rant and you're like, yeah, but I was reading this thing. Well, that's bullshit. I don't know where the hell you heard that. You know, like to just shut it down. So it's just best to let them go and feel sad for them later because it's just it's so frustrating. And unfortunate. I mean, that's a very closed off experience to live in. Yeah, it's it's a thing. I know so many people here who go to work every day. Same factory they've gone to since they were 17. They bitch about it for the entire 8, 10, 12 hours they're there for. They go home have a couple drinks and go to sleep and do the same thing next day for 50 years and never, they're always mad. They're always pissed off at everything and have never done anything to change it, I guess. 
they're just stuck in that rut where it's poor them stuck in this factory when you're not really. I just I I don't understand how someone could live seventy oh. years like that. It's it's just baffling to me. Maybe you reach a level of acceptance without making yourself become a victim in all of it. Yeah. Is that like where the folks are old enough where it's they haven't got along for 30 years, but they stuck it out. And it's like, why get separated now? Like that mentality. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like we, should, everyone knows Mark and Jan should have got divorced 30 years ago. Cause they've hated each other for that long. But it's like, uh, but originally it was for the kids. And now that's just, that's just how they live. Slept in separate beds for 20 years. And it's just, eh, why, why leave now? Like it, that, I don't understand either. Yeah. Fear of change is a powerful thing. People, you know, the, it's mm. the fear, the fear that's keeping them there. And sometimes people will, you know, if they perceive that to do something different is going to create pain, people will often avoid pain sooner than they will seek pleasure. And we're hardwired to mm. avoid pain. There's it, two Survival. things come to mind as you're, as you're talking. Um, one is I think we all, we all fail to come to terms with, the utterly mechanical nature of human existence. I mean, you know, these are built into us through millions of years of evolution, these behavioral subroutines and so on. Um, it's very easy to see how mechanical and robotic other people are. I've gotten a lot mm. more out of just studying and unraveling how mechanical I am uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, it's, it's easy to see in others. It's very hard to see in yourself. Um, yeah, we all suffer. believe this. that. This is a fundamental aspect of human existence, and it's spoken of in every mystical tradition, every spiritual tradition, so many scientific circles, um, that people are by and large asleep. Uh, this was the, you know, the tenets of Gurdjieff and, uh, you know, a hundred other philosophers and mystics and students throughout history. Um, and one of our jobs is to claw back uh, some consciousness uh, a little bit at a time. This isn't something where you're like, oh, I got to wake up. And then you wake up. It takes hard work <laughs> over years for very sure. specific techniques, deep, hard, painful work. Um, you know, we're unraveling a history that has programmed us to be afraid, to be destructive, to be terrified, all these things. And, um, I think that it, I, I think it's wonderful that people are waking up to the fact that some people are asleep. I, will, I think it would be more wonderful when we realize that we're asleep too and have a lot of work to do, um, me included. And I've been doing this for a while, and I'm you know I'm two percent conscious the rest of the time. Do you think those people who? Oh my God, cell phone. The, the people I'm who. One of those people. Uh, that just <laughs> like the guy that goes to the factory every day, like they have yeah, no sense. I used to wait tables for 15 years. Do you think that there's because like you said, I guess I never thought of it like that. It's easy to see fault in someone else. I mean, picture the guy who's 400 pounds eating chips on the couch, watching a basketball game and somebody misses the end of the game shot. And he's like, that guy sucks. <laughs> you're ju yeah. you're judging that guy who works his entire life year round to do that one thing and yeah. you're picking him apart for missing one shot as you're the unhealthiest human on earth um it, how does one start to to look at your because you're objectively 
I'm guessing most of the time, not necessarily thinking you're wrong, but like if you can see that that easily in others, it's that much more difficult exponentially to see it in yourself. So how do you start? Like, do you write down everything you do in a day? And after a month, you're like, Jesus, I did the same shit every day. Like, how sad is that? (laughs) I'm just not going to a factory. I'm going here instead of doing that. How do you start to realize that you're doing that also just in a different way? I definitely condone journaling every day. Uh, But honestly, I think where it starts is recognizing that other people around you serve as mirrors for yourself. And that often a lot of what you're seeing is projections. We're all connected. There's a connectedness between all living things. That's something that's undeniable. And I think everyone understands in some way, shape, or form, may that be religion or spirituality, uh, we're all part of one big thing. Small Mm -hmm. little pieces, one big thing. So uh, starting there and then working your way inwards and then working your way outward and then working your way inward again and breaking it apart and really inspecting it using inquiry as a tool of exploration. I think that's where it starts. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think there are a, there are so many people in the marketplace now proselytizing and offering solutions to being woke. Um, and I think it's, I think it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I think, you know, I think a lot of it's misguided and, 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 uh, falls real short of delivering on the promise, but um, I take a lot of heart in seeing all of the people that are focused on self-exploration and self-discovery and, and shameless self-analysis. And the, the best work I see is happening in groups, as Sierra said. Um, you know, mm. I've done a lot of my work in a solitary fashion or with very, within very specific uh, frameworks. Uh, whether they're psychological or occult. And um, the most progress I've made in the last five years has been in these small containers like Holly's creating, um, where that reflection becomes, you know, an iterative additive component to something that uh, if you were to do it alone would bear uh, a lot less fruit. I think it's really, really important to be with people in these processes. Group practice is absolutely essential. Um, at the same time, solitude and self-examination are occasionally very powerful as well. Um, I think we have uh, a lot of opportunities and systems to choose from. Um, I think it's very important to not choose these cookie-cutter systems where you're doing the same thing everybody else is because your journey is utterly unique, truly unique unique, one of a kind. There's no degrees of unique. It's just one. You are unique and no one else's experience can match yours. Therefore, no one else's system of uh, self-exploration and elevation is going to be a one-to-one with your experience. Um, I think it's really, really important to recognize that each person's path is going to be very different than everyone else's. Um, I think it's also important to note that when you're doing that self-examination, that it's not just focusing on the happy, unique stuff, but also a lot of the the darkness and the ugly stuff and the stuff that we like to ignore or repress and shove into corners because it doesn't look good on social media. 
you know, mm-hmm. I think Holly, I think Holly could speak to that even more. Yeah, Holly's really good at that. Yeah, the shadow work is um, is some of the most like beautiful places to find your your hidden treasures. Usually, the the superpowers are like under, are they're hidden under the shadow, and so it requires going in to your subconscious and like really um, asking, well, what is you know what's the belief, and then what's under that, and what's under that. And usually it's, there's some type of, you know, fear or, you know, like really like it's usually somehow related to fear or am I worthy of love? That's like, seems to be kind of a human condition. And then everybody has their nuances of what that looks like and how that manifests in their life. But like getting into the subconscious, you can um, do this shadow integration and then find out what is, you know, truly underneath um, well, not only like what the shadow is and how it was formed and ways that you can um, rewrite the script that you're running or to update your your operating system, if you will. Um, but then also that's usually underneath the shadow. It almost it's like this like little like prize that happens. And now that's not the only reason to do shadow work. You want to do shadow work just to be more complete. <laughs> You want to do it to be complete. You want my, I want my lolly at the end. I know. <laughs> I know. Where's <laughs> there would be a treat? Um, <laughs> a treat. <laughs> but yeah, that's where I've found some of my 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 greatest powers have been, you know, hidden in the subconscious under the shadow, and like they really weren't unlocked until I was able to like go in and do, you know, that shadow integration. And so when Paul was speaking on um, everybody's unique journey, I think that's why it's so important to like work with someone at least have some type of live in person. I mean, it doesn't have to be in person, but like some type of live interaction where that per like that guide is taking you deeper into yourself. So I'm, you know, when I work with people, I'm not here to like, to tell them, well, this is my exact story. And this is, you know, I'm going to like imprint this onto you because you're, you know, this is the, the end all be all truth. My, this is re- my reality is, you know, gospel. That's not, that's not how I work. I am, you know, a a good coach guide will take a person deeper and deeper and it's based on their own, their own like internal landscape. So when I'm guiding, it's almost like taking a person like deep into the Grand Canyon or something. And so I'm like saying, okay, well, how does this feel? How does your foot feel on this ledge? Okay. If it feels a little rocky, well, uh, you know, why is that? Oh, like this is, you know, this thing is happening over here. Well, why is that? Let's get deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's, and I don't know where we're going. Um, I just know we're going in <laughs> and, um, and you know, hoping for the best that there's going to be, you know, a, a lolly at the, underneath the shadow. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it, it, it's just, it's so personal. It's so personal. So I'm taking the person like deeper and deeper into their childhood, into their Akashic records, into their, their subconscious, into their shadow. And then, um, you know, and then they, you know, but it's, they're, they're the ones doing the work. I'm just shining the light and saying, have you looked at it this way yeah. before? Holly hmm. said two really important things. Number one is that kind of that kind of ruthless adherence to agnosticism, the idea that you don't arrive with the answers, that the answers emerge as part of the process. Um, and yeah, that that was both things actually. Um, that that you remain open and that the answers do emerge. But if you show up with the answers pre-formatted they ain't the answers almost guarantee it mm-hmm. every single time uh the answer is an emergent thing and if you don't remain open if you don't if you show up without an agenda you're actually more likely to find useful answers i would uh, believe that i would imagine that 
the the journeys you're taking or to find oneself however you want to explain it whatever the the journey to the canyon with holly whatever i would imagine i don't want to say different things work for different people but is it the same is it this i would imagine it's the same thing like somebody might be able to read a book on how to change brakes on a car and know how to do it the other person you got to show them two or three times they got to do hands on like everybody learns different so i would imagine it's a complete wide spectrum of people who are doing this stuff like this works for somebody it might be do absolutely nothing for the next person you gotta find what works for you i mean yeah learning styles is hot right now um and Mm. you know neurodivergence is hot right now for a very good reason um it's it's something we're just now understanding is is how different people really are and and how cookie cutter approaches are insufficient you know, Sierra and I, when we work with clients, we take them through a discovery process that is very atypical. Um, uh, we go through, you know, we go into deep psychology and a little bit of mysticism um, and some various techniques. We're all explicit about what we're, we're, what we're uh, doing with people. Uh, but a, I think that going into, you know, developing an aesthetic for your company, uh, is, you know, is as uh, mysterious a process as anything and um, we like to get to know people in ways that are that are not typical because we find that the product of these processes is not only beautiful and well-fashioned uh, but it aligns with their purpose which generates a great deal of power and opportunity and authenticity mm-hmm. And authenticity is the most powerful thing in the world. Straight up. I would believe that. And I have to apologize. I was smiling, a big smile when you were talking. I wasn't laughing at you. I was thoroughly listening. But I happened to glance down and Holly has this smirk. And she's looking right into the camera, which is really weird because we looked into the camera. And I just I broke a smile because it was I was like, what is she doing? Because I almost thought she was frozen like this. I thought she was frozen like this. Because <laughs> I'm so captivating. That's what I <laughs> I'm so captivating. It just, it I, just cracked me up. Yeah, I was getting like I was getting excited about you know what he's talking about and how like this is mm-hmm. and it's such a unique process. Like it sounds like it might sound to the listeners that like oh yeah well that seems that's logical that makes sense this is what you would do but it's really um, it's really not the norm, honestly, like the amount of, um, like human connection, like spiritual, um, just infusion and like literal, like just existential handholding <laughs> that I've been sure. getting from, from, uh, from their service has been so important to me. And it's like, it, cause I was, what happens and I've, I've heard this happen in a lot of different um, other containers with like different coaches. I've heard a lot of business coaches talk about this, like this mindset thing where you're, you're going along and you've got the strategy, but like sometimes they forget to like add the humanity to add the spirit to it. And you'll get, you, you've got this whole like rubric of, you know, what you're supposed to be doing and how everything's going to like line up. You've got the, you know, the formula, but then people are having these like they're just having these like dark nights of the soul because what they're, what they're offering and what they, you know, the way that they show up, like doesn't fit into that formula. And it's such a, um, 
it's just so personal and so big and so meaningful. And so their Divergent Perspectives has like a totally different approach where they're like, um, really like seeing, they really like saw me where I was at and saw like where I was having these, you know, and I, and I went through some like dark nights of the soul, even in the time that we were working together. And I can't say that that wasn't like, you know, destiny, um, you know, in times where I've had to be like, okay, I really need some, some patience with some of this stuff because I'm having all these downloads. I'm like having these, like, you know, the stuff happening, you know, in my personal life or whatever, like major, major things happening that were, um, just so profound and having both of them be, um, such, uh, just natural counselors, just having that, um, that compassion, that empathy and the knowledge of just, just emotional intelligence and the knowledge of how, what the, what the hero's journey is, you know, cause I was like going on that in the quest to make, you know, this website, to make this business plan, you know, and there are like, pitfalls along the way that I definitely stepped in, you know, and they're like, okay, like they're not, I'm not going to save you from this, but here's a place you can put your foot. You know? And, and it's been, it's been so powerful. And that's what I think like really sets them apart because a lot of, um, th- that's just like a, like a lot of people are doing like the business formula, you know, marketing model, like here's the thing. But then people are like, Oh, I don't know what's happening to me emotionally. Like this stuff is like happening. It's, it's this weird thing that I know that it's not just me. I've seen it happen in so many different places. And I've, I've, I've coached so many people that are running business programs like theirs that are, you know, doing marketing and branding and stuff. And then they're just like, I don't know what to do with these people when they're um, falling apart, you know, because this is mm-hmm. such, I'm like, the, I'm seeing this pattern that like doing this type of, of work and putting yourself into like a digitized form. It's like taking your soul and like digitizing it so that people can like see what it's like to like feel, feel your essence. And it's really, really tricky. It's like, it's alchemy. And so, um, sure. yeah, so I've just been seeing like people just like falling apart and, mm. and then a lot of just like kind of more business model coaches just being like, uh, I don't know what to do with you right now. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, well, I would imagine that they just initially, if you, that's what you want to do. I want to do some sort of advertising, marketing, graphic design, whatever, whether you do it all yourself or you're with a team, and you're 20 something and you're just business minded, like you might be the smartest business person in the world, but you still got to deal with people. Like you have to know how to read people. You can't just because you're going to have a horrible, stark website. I don't really even know how to explain what I'm trying to say. Like you're you're also those people took a big risk to not go to the factory every day to start their own small business. They're reaching out for help. And if you're just like, yep, this is what your website needs to be. And then you turn it on like you're, you're just a paycheck to them because you're paying them to create this website. And OK, here's the buttons. Here's the tabs. You know, let us know if, if something's not working. Yeah. And yeah, then the that's it. approach doesn't account for the full humanity of the person you're dealing with. And that's a problem. Oh, exactly. That, that's a shortcoming of so yes. many people that do what we it's, do. You're just an invoice uh, number. Formula and soulless. And yeah. That's not okay. There are uh, so many fears when you're starting up a small business, and that's something that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's just it. Like deepest fear inventory is one of those things that people so often overlook when they're jumping into something, and then mm-hmm. they wonder, you know, months down the line, well, why hasn't this moved anywhere? What 
well, what is it that's holding me back? Uh, we kind of help give some insight on what that might be and how you can crawl forward. Exactly. Yeah, we're we're dealing with whole humans. Exactly. Not, it's like a not, multi-dimensional, it's like a multi-dimensional um, like approach, you know, more than holistic even. So that's why like, I feel like people that are, <laughs> that are um, <laughs> artists, that are healers, that are um, kind of in this other realm of like creative energy, you mm. know, um, that it's like creating change, creating wellness, creating, um, you know, art, things like creating music, like any of these things, like I feel like they're such, um, they need a higher strata of approach so that you're coming into it with like the, the multidimensional, um, aspect. So it has dimension rather than just like, here's my like PayPal on a flat page. And like, I hope you like it. (laughs) Yes. Tell us drop down menus with what's your name. What's your business. Here's a template. That'll be $150. Like, right. right. Oh no, it'll be a thousand, maybe 2000. (laughs) Yes. And depending on the area, depending on what you're doing, but yes, that's what I mean. It's just, you don't even like you, you have to go to the contact page, send a form email off, and then someone will email you back. If you have a problem, it's just, there's a ton of that stuff that's impersonal and I, I hate everything that I do with this, the woodworking, my realty stuff. I just do myself because that's kind of what I want. So do yourself. I, 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 I I've learned how to do everything myself because I, not that I don't trust deeply. It's probably because I'm that's just really, why, I'm cheap. So I refuse <laughs> to pay someone for something that I can learn how to do myself. Yeah. But I like yeah. I wanted a certain way. I did custom woodworking for four years and I got so busy and everybody's like, just you get need to have like you need to hire help. And I played it out in my head, just laying in bed at night. Like, yeah, I could. Young guy, old guy, doesn't matter, whatever. But I, I know what would happen. They'd be sitting there across the table. I'd tell them this is what we need done. They'd start doing it. And I'd be like, no, no, no. Hang on. Hang on. This is like this is what we need to do. Okay, got it, got it. And then they do it a second time, and I'd be like, you know what? Just once you go do this, I'll finish that. Like I feel like I have to do it myself because otherwise, it's either not going to get done, it's going to be wrong. I'm not going to like it as much. It's it's a thing. It's definitely a yeah. thing. It's a control thing. Oh yeah. God, I don't know we if know I like all that about word. that. Yes. We're all fiery people in this room. We get it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know if I like. Well, See, but to it. me, that has a very negative connotation to it uh, like control is, like in a relationship negative. control is but negative what if, what if you just got off on being controlling what if that's just your right. king yeah why don't you just it just doesn't sound good though you should integrate no. that and accept it as a part of who you are <sighs> yeah yeah i'm, I'm controlling instead of letting it control you right so far i'm cheap and I'm controlling. This is going great. I like your so. <laughs> Or what if you're what if you're thrifty and you're just like running daddy energy? Yeah, frugal McDougal <sighs> over here. Yes, great. Well, and, and here's the thing. I think it's the, I think the absence of structure is fashionable. And this is one of the things that we, we do frequently for people and something that's been our experience of several clients is is um, learning to balance those elements. Um, we we tend to think that you have to ch- you have to choose between two things. You're either rational or you're emotive. You're either you know you're either freewheeling or you're a control freak. And you have to choose between these binary options. You know, left brain or right brain. And and one of the things that I've 
that through hard work and dedication over a number of years uh, learned to do to some small degree is uh, is slide between various roles and and modes of being. And that takes hard work. It's not an easy thing. You don't just decide you're in a flip. Um, and one of the things that we bring to the table is for those folks that are, are floating in the pneumosphere, uh, we can help you find the ground. We can help you find, uh, you, you can help you find your focus, help you get organized. Um, and when it's time to be numinous, when it's time to be, you know, energetically open and nurturing, we do that too. Um, and flexibility is absolutely essential to being successful in the 21st century. Um, you know, as Robert Heinlein says, specialization is for insects. Makes sense. Well, I, okay. I'm, I would agree that I need to be in control. <laughs> Maybe I'll say I need to be in control, but control. Why do you need to be in control? I don't, I don't like, I haven't one time, maybe twice in the last years, years that I've ridden in the passenger seat of a car. Uh-huh. Like I, not that I don't trust somebody's driving, but it's always like, just if you went this way, it, like there's construction up here. So we go this way. It's, it's easier. If we go I to, you know better. If we go oh, to God. a dinner somewhere or we go to a bar, especially because it's Wisconsin, a tavern, as we call them. Um, I always drive, not, not drive by myself, but if we're going as a, a group of people, I will ride with, I will drive myself or someone else, but I will not go without my vehicle because either I'm going to want to stay because I'm having fun or I'm tired and I want to go home. So I will have my vehicle there so I can just, I'm either staying or I'm, I'm done. You, you know, you guys can come with, but you don't have to. Um, just random things like that that I don't even think about. It's like, yep, I'll just meet you there. You don't have to pick me up. It feels good to you to be in control. There's nothing wrong with that, yes. Mr. Langdon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're I forgot all right. I did that. <laughs> you're all right. Um, unless, unless it's causing you or someone else pain, in which case, you know. No, and that, I, it just, to me, the word has a negative connotation it to it. But it does. I don't, like, if I'm with somebody else and they want to do, you go ahead and do whatever. Right. I've also never been ever that I can remember, like peer pressure, you know, you have that talk in elementary and middle yeah, school, yeah, yeah. everyone else is doing it. It's cool. I give two shits. There could be yeah, 30 people all standing there doing That's another the form of control. Biggest line of cocaine you've ever seen in your life. And they're like, come on, everybody's doing it. Like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, like I that has never had any sway. So I think so that control can be good for you, obviously, when you're not doing yes. it well with your friends. Yeah. What are you laughing at, Holly? You're in control of your own behavior. You guys talking over each other. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, we're throwing out. Ladies, just hit, hit mute. Just hold up mute or something, yeah, and I'll dude. stop. I'll immediately stop talking. So, um, so yeah, there is, and a couple of things are coming up for me that sometimes there's this. Um, sometimes, like the need to control can come from a like an attachment issue in childhood, like a. Um, you know, not feeling like you can trust the other people around you to do it the way that, you know, is going to feel safe and secure the the best way. And so like, if I want anything done, right, I have to do it myself, that kind of thing can like be traced back to like attachment, um, development in childhood. And, um, 
but then also, you know, there is, you know, the sense of, uh, you know, individuality, autonomy that can be really positive. I think it's just a matter like control is just a, um, it's a matter of like how it's showing up on your life. And if it's, um, you know, how it's presenting in your interpersonal relationships. And if like, you're able to trust others, if you're able to delegate, if you're able to um, connect, if you're able to let other people have the joy of leading as well. So those are all like things that I'm curious about, I guess. Are you asking me or are you just saying that? No, no. Do you want to answer those things? Is that what you're asking me to answer? Or you're just saying that that's what people in general, like where I that comes that's, from? I'm going to let Honestly, you it's just that here. line of inquiry. It's that line of inquiry, again, gotcha. going back to self-exploration and why does control sure. have a negative connotation to you? Is it because you had a controlling parent and now you're an adult and you want to maintain the status quo. You want to be in control of your own life. Like what, what is it? It's that, it's that line, that inner monologue that'll get you where you need to be. What? (laughs) I missed it. She was talking. What did you say? Yeah, I ran over. Sorry. It's okay. No worries. (laughs) Um, yeah, I guess uh, my parents, well, mom and stepdad, strict Catholic. We lived outside of town. No parties, oh, wow. no drinking, no fun. Uh, sorry, sorry, mom. Um, they were both teachers, so very strict and whatever. But mm. I think it was when I got older, for about five years, it was I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And then... That went sideways. Extrapolated to everything else. Living in a van, literally. Down by the river? (laughs) Almost. Almost. I was actually at a old, parked in the parking lot of a roller skating rink that had closed down (laughs) years before. Absolutely more gutter. Until I almost got a ticket for vagrancy because apparently they still checked up on who parked in the... Yes. Apparently they still checked up on who was parked in the parking lot. Uh, but the van had no brakes, so I just had to coast until I came to a stop. And that's where I spent the night. Um, so it really wasn't working well for me. But then at some point I was just like almost jealous. Like, oh, you see these people my age, they have their shit together. They got a job. They're happy. They're doing whatever. And even if it's the facade of happiness, like, you you know, the Instagram happiness where that's all you see is everybody through a filter and it's great. But I didn't have any of that. So then I was just like, nope, I'm going to just get a job, even if it's shit, save my money, get a place, like just kind of slowly built all that stuff up. But I did it essentially alone. So would that be like I did, I got this far to where I am now for the majority of the time alone. Is it that I'm scared that if I don't just take control and do it myself, that I'm going to end up back in the van or, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. Oh, I got you. I got you. Oh man. It's all become it so clear. Catholicism. <laughs> well, it's that line of questioning. <laughs> and it's, and it's Holly's yeah, line of work. That'll have you doing those levels of right. self inquiry. And Holly is so, so great for that. I've worked with her. Paul's worked with her. And this is ultimately what we want to do. Uh, Paul and I, we want to elevate people like Holly and not even just psychics, but photographers and life coaches and, you know, epigenetic healers. 
anybody who's going to help raise the collective consciousness and those positive vibrations, mm-hmm. that's the people that we want to support. And Holly is has been our anchor client, our number one, and one of our favorite people to have worked with. Yeah, well, working she's... with Holly has changed my life, and I'm real suspicious. You know, I'm I'm a skeptic, and and it's because mm-hmm. I have been offered uh, healing by so many people that failed to deliver. Um, you know, everybody and their brother's a healer these days, and very few of them are as competent as Holly is, um, and as honest and as generous uh, and as talented. Quite frankly, is there like a Venmo transaction that happened before this? Or <laughs> yeah, no, no. Holly's actually sending me money right now. Yeah, no, that was all spontaneous and, and dead honest. I mean, I don't tell anything Good. about the truth. That's good. And, um, you know, Holly uh, has, you know, on a personal level, like, you know, working with her has been transformative in a positive way. Um, You know, not all transformation is good for you. Some people will transform you into something you didn't want to be. Holly's Mm -hmm. not one of those people. Um, Her openness uh, and her gentleness uh, are what set her apart in so many ways. Um, and her good intention. It, she's very clear about what she wants to achieve, and um, they're all good things. And as uh, and and uh, that combined with her integrity uh, is what makes it work. Um, and I think that's something that that Sierra and I really emphasize is is uh, integrity, which mm-hmm. is rare these days. Uh, I got that um, right. You know, and and. I think that that's at the core of so much of what makes the kind of work we do successful. Uh, if there's any one thing I would say to you uh, about your control issues, um, whatever they may be, uh, one, accept them for what they are. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something, you know, it serves you for various reasons. If it doesn't serve you now, I'll remind you of uh, the words of Timothy Leary. You can be anyone you want to be this time around. Mm-hmm. We are not we are not set in stone. So much of our behavior, so much of what makes us who we are is hardwired. So much of it is immutable. However, in the 21st century, for the first time in a very long time, we have been given tools to manipulate them, whether it's, you know, deep psychedelics, uh, you know, work, or if it's guided meditation, whether it's travel to group therapy, whether it's, uh, you know, coaching containers, working one-on-one, uh, you know, magic, mysticism, you name it. There's a lot of tools out there for flipping your script. Mm-hmm. And um, you are not trapped in any oh. mode that you don't want to be trapped in. The only thing you have to do is take the first step. And I was going to say, yes. And then do the damn work. Do the work every day. Do yep. it every day. Well, I discussed like, that with Holly. You know, oh, I turned my attention to this and now it will change. No, you have to do it every day. You, you have to want to start. At the Holly, one of the last seven times I've talked to you now or whatever, uh, we discussed that like you you have to want to change what whatever you can't be closed off to something mm-hmm. and then expect if you go into it, like, well, this shit ain't going to work. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. When you get done, of course it's not going to do anything because you were closed off to it before you even started. I have had some, I have, I have had one exception to that rule. Um, 
some of the people that I've studied with um, some on some of the uh, spiritual stuff, the divine intervention, um, some of the stuff I'm like, I don't know if I believe this. This is like really out there. I mean, I guess I did like show up and like, you know, buy the ticket and took the ride. But I like some of it, I was like, I don't know if I like, I don't know how I feel about some of this. I don't know if I believe it. And then it still like worked anyway. So it was like, I was probably more in like the doubting, you know, edge of the spectrum and it's still mm-hmm. worked. And I'm like, okay. But typically that is the truth. What you said is that, um, there's, um, you do have to like want the change and not be standing in your own way. And sometimes we're standing in our own way and we don't realize it. And that's what's so, what's so good about having, you know, a coach, having somebody like, um, divergent perspectives like Sierra and Paul to like, kind of, um, bring your attention to certain blind spots or like, you might think that you're saying things a certain way and it might not be like an accessible way to word things, or it might not be, you know, the most flattering picture of you, or it might be sending a subconscious message that you, that you don't realize that's not part of your, you know, your essence or your integrity. And I do, I want to circle back for just one second and say, thank you both so much for like speaking so much life into me and those beautiful, um, beautiful affirmations. I really, really appreciate that. Um, So thank you for that. I didn't want to have too much more time pass by without thanking you. I'm looking forward to our session on Friday. No, thank you, Holly. Yay. At least I could do. Yes, Holly is slowly becoming my the Harrison Ford to my George Lucas here. <laughs> we had two recordings already, and then today, and then I think tomorrow is tomorrow the big day. Tomorrow's the day. Yeah, we're gonna do it. And she's like giving reading. me the full the full workup. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. On on air, so I'm highly excited. Maybe a bit nervous. Just mm-hmm. I'm open to whatever. And I told you that. Dig deep. Tell me everything because oh, I want to know in there. it all. If I you weren't a little nervous, I would be worried. <laughs> yeah, I'm, for real. I'm, for I'm, real. I'm nervous just because, and that it's not skepticism. It's just because I don't know what's going to happen. Right, you're not I in control. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Mr. Landon, you have to be vulnerable. Yes. Well, in this, I don't. As stupid as it sounds, like this would be. I don't know, maybe the 16th one of these that I've done. And I did it just to talk to people. There's no script. I don't, I don't edit anything. Like I play the, I give a little intro and I will get information from you guys, like how people can get a hold of you. I put that in the intro. I put that all in the show notes. I give a little intro. There's a little music and then it just fades in with us talking, but I don't cut anything out. So it's the first time uh, I've had a digital four way. Um, but <laughs> I, I, it's always been one-on-one, whether someone is sitting across from me, a, a buddy of mine, a friend, or it's just me and Holly or me and a different internet person chatting it up. So I had no idea what to expect. Having never really ever even heard Sierra's name before last night or spoken to Paul other than a few messages and messenger where we kind of ganged up on Holly, which is always fun. But, um, I just I I'm nervous all the time because you could get on here and it could be the flattest, most horrible experience, like painful for everyone. And then no, it's just a waste. And it's just it's it's just a waste of everyone's time. I'm so, so bored I'm nervous right coming now. into I'm something. So bored. 
we'll go grab another. What were you drinking there? A mimosa or something? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I'm sober. Dude. I'm drinking water. But um, well, yeah. you got a mimosa. <laughs> I'm, I'm seven weeks sober from alcohol. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, seven weeks sober. For real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that big? Is now this may be too personal, but is it because you were having a problem, or you just just kind of taking a break? Um. There was a couple. No, I mean, I wasn't an. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself an alcoholic, but um, I just, I just kind of had like a couple. There was enough like nights where I was like, if I hadn't been drinking, that probably wouldn't have been as intense as it was, or I probably would have like been paying a little closer attention to that, you know. And just kind of like, um, mm-hmm. I just feel like as a you know a guide that um, one, I want to uh, kind of be in solidarity with some of my other, um, clients that are working on sobriety. So I like to do that every so often mm-hmm. and just like, you know, kind of go there with them to understand what that experience is like. And then also just, um, I just really want to be behaving as my highest self. And, um, I wasn't always doing that when I was, you know, deep in the tequila, um, which was a lot of fun, but until I wasn't, um, but, uh, you know, just being, just being honest and being, um, just trying to be clear and have, you know, have more clarity, more connection with my guides. Um, my fiance is doing the same sobriety and um, we're just so happy with it. It's just been so good. Like it's really improved our relationship. It's improved all of our side projects and things that we do are like so much easier. Just our health. He's lost like 20 pounds. Dang. I know. I don't, some- I don't know anybody that's, that, that uh, experimented with sobriety that didn't benefit from it. Right. <laughs> uh, even if it's just for a short time. Yep. Um, and alcohol in particular is one of those drugs that doesn't elevate you in, in many ways. Um, most people do it because they're inherently inhibited and it removes those inhibitions in an artificial way that's not sustainable. Liquid courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's not my favorite drug, but Holly, good for you. Thanks. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. It's been, it's been great. You know, I've like even gone to some, you know, I've gone to some parties, like camping events, festivals and stuff, completely sober. And it's like, okay, this is fine. I can do this. <laughs> you know, there's every now and then there's someone sometimes like, well, yeah, sometimes you really do need to be drunk. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know. know what I do with my hands. Like, you know, like, um, you know, went to <laughs> There's nothing in my hands. I don't know what to do without like a giant. Tequila I don't know what to do with my hands until I had at least two shots of tequila. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I just. Oh, there she's back. It, like we went tubing. Um, I went to visit Sierra, and we went tubing, and I'm. I guess historically kind of used to having a couple drinks and floating down the river. That's kind of a thing. And I was just like, I'm completely sober floating down the river, and this is great. I had a great time. Like there was nothing missing. I had an awesome experience, and I also found out that like. Some of my silly, playful, weird, like personality is not alcohol-induced. It's just who I am. So that was a fun discussion. No, you're super weird and playful, and just in general. I just like I'm the same person. I've been like this since I was a kid, and I'm that person is still there, and I still play and have fun. And it wasn't alcohol that you know that really wasn't necessary. So I Holly was Holly before she was drinking memorable. age. Yeah, some of my most memorable, memorable. Uh, adventures have been alcohol induced so i won't say it's all bad there's some really wonderful things that can come out of that camaraderie and so on a sacrament uh, also it there's yeah, something it can be sacramental it can mm-hmm. be it can also be the opposite but 
it's uh yeah if if done with intention it can be super sacramental that's interesting i like that yes you're talking to a guy who was born and still lives in wisconsin so yeah no i understand beer is a thing out there. everything you're indoctrinated into i mean you can in the state of wisconsin the drinking age is 21 if you're with your parents there's no minimum age oh no way you can be sitting at a supper club at a restaurant at a bar anything where there is alcohol and traditionally, it would be like, okay, you graduated high school, you're 18, we'll take you out to dinner, you can have a glass of beer, we're driving, you know, that kind of, like that, I think is what it's intended for. But you, I could set my nine-year-old on a bar next to me, and he could have a whiskey sour. And there's no, there's no law against that. Yep. Yep. No law against it. And now that's not. wacky. We are some crazy bastards up here. But yeah, man, the Midwest is a special place. Yeah, it's that winters, man. I'm telling you, you get some yeah. some yeah. Jameson in you, and you warm right up, and there's the fire by your feet, and you just snuggle in, and that's one oh, of the yeah, things. I was I... born in Iowa, don't you know? Oh damn! Right? And I apologize for the accent. I've heard from several people that I have the Scottish accent. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Sierra's got a hint of an accent. It reminds me of most of my family, so. Uh, okay. I will say that um, you know this. This is one of those things where it's so obvious that being in a group. You know, you said you've never done a group interview like this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the more people that come along, the more there is to be shared. The more there is to be learned. Um, and I think working in a group setting, you know, for somebody like me, where I've, I've, I've got. Uh, a, some health conditions that make uh, make the current environment particularly deadly. Uh, so I've been spending a lot of time in isolation. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I've learned is uh, spending these long stretches uh, in, in isolation and then being in these group settings. My God, the power of the group, the power of working mm. with other people is absolutely essential. And I'm so grateful uh, to Holly and Sierra and the, the community that they're a part of for inviting me in. Um, and for allowing me to be part of all the healing and evolution and growth and courage that is, that, that exists, uh, it's really, really um, uh, reinforced uh, my suspicions that working with groups is the most powerful thing you can do. Working with other people is important. And I think, uh, you know, I have some self-serving motivation in saying that. Uh, working with other people rather than what you're trying to do everything yourself does have some value. Um, and I am all for the DIY revolution, but I also think it's important that people remember, remember that the most power we have is uh, working together. People power. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And that's essentially, again, the whole reason why I started the show was because everybody was just kind of, I guess, you know, small town Wisconsin, nothing was ever really locked down, locked down, even though it probably should have been, my opinion, different podcast. But um, just a group of people, that's what we did. That's how I grew up. Uh, If I went to my dad's because they were separated, on the way home, we'd stop in, (laughs) we'd stop somewhere for supper, dinner, as everyone else calls it, which usually meant like we'd go, we'd get a burger and fries or order a pizza to go home. And then before you know it, it's 1245 AM 
and we're, we're finally opening the cold pizza on the bar because he just got into talking with his buddies and it was never anything uh, malicious or whatever. Just the old timers, they get a couple whiskey, you know, Kessler and Coke or whatever it may be. And they start the stories they tell and they would laugh. Everyone has a nickname and it was the greatest thing ever. Just listening to these stories. It was so fantastic. And it was every other weekend, every Friday and Saturday night. And just to, I think that's why I got into podcast listening was just, even if it's non-topical, like just some random person, I don't know who they are and just listen to them, tell their story, just talk. And it's fantastic to me. Just you guys even, I don't even care what it's about. Just talking in general is fascinating to me because you're all three from different places. You all three kind of do different things. You have stuff in common, but you're like you said, we're all individuals. But talking as a group, like you find things in common or like, did you know that there was no minimum drinking age in Wisconsin? <laughs> if you're with your parent, like you, I always learn something. I always take away something. And it's fan. I, I just I love it. I love just hearing people talk about anything. It sounds like you just have this like deep love for humans like like I do. Um, Paul and Sierra can yeah. answer their own you know, opinion on, on how much they love just humans in general. But um, I've just always loved loved people. I love I love human behavior. I love culture. I love um, seeing how people like work together or don't. I love, you know, just understanding just humans in general. It's just so fascinating to me. And I just think they're just so, so lovable. And so, you know, and even like when they're being horrible, like they're still like, I don't know. I just, I really try to like find a place in my heart that's like has compassion and has, um, empathy and can kind of, you know, zoom out and just understand that like when they're being horrible, it's just because they're hurt or they're scared, you know? And, um, Mm -hmm. but I just, I just love humans so much. And so when you're talking about, you know, getting that, um, that's just getting some little nugget from every, every person that you talk to, no matter who it is. And I, I really loved like the juxtaposition when in the beginning of the call, you're talking about how, you know, the small town and like, can't have a conversation and and all this kind of stuff. But then like, what a, what a beautiful, warm, like colloquial type of experience when you described the, um, hearing people's stories, you know, the, um, just the, the history and the, the culture, like there's, there's something, you know, there's like light and shadow in everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. The only people I don't love are the ones I don't know. It's easy to not love people from Mm. a distance. Strangers or just friends you haven't met yet. Yeah, straight up, straight up. It's the only people, the only people you don't love are the ones that you've never taken the time to really know. Um, And that's the truth. Like, yeah, all this hatred, all this stuff. I mean, like, you don't know these people, and that's why. This might be a good segue for us to tell our our, um, origin story, Paul. Oh, word? Yeah, right? <laughs> Should we? Oh, my God. I, yeah, right? <laughs> For real. Yeah. You want to start? Okay. Yeah. Holly, you start. I'll be right back, okay. everybody. That's so funny. Okay. So um, so Paul is a longtime friend of Brian Weiner, who is – so in the Supernova Society, it's kind of my – yes, I said Brian Weiner. Um, he, he has his own shtick to go with that. He's got all of his own jokes. He's amazing. Um, I love it. Yep. Yep. BJ Wiener. And so, um, he is, yep. 
that he's 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 a character you have to meet him like i'll bring him on here next he is next. i would meet him just to hear him introduce himself he is amazing that's, yeah he's and then like amazing. that's the show thank, <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you very much thanks for coming out folks mm-hmm. <laughs> there's my venmo um so um yeah so so paul and i met because um so we have the supernova society container so i have two other business partners for this particular container um in the supernova society so it's brian weiner and lauren morgan um so yeah bj weiner and lomo um are my uh my business partners yep so we'll we'll bring them on on another show but um paul and brian were friends from like way way back i think like when they were teenagers even so a long time ago so um (laughs) ancient history he's old as shit (laughs) i mean he's not that much older than me but um (laughs) not really Uh, so anyway they were they were old old friends and so we had this (sighs) container you know where we're like oh like we're you know all like pie in the sky like let's just like like have this like super positive like thing we'll open this container and it's just going to be like all like feel good you know warm fuzzies and like we're going to help people and it's going to be so great and all this and so like we're like okay we got to like um so it's a container where we we host like coaching out of that so we'll do like group coaching we'll do Mm -hmm. things like woo woo wednesday we've got one tomorrow night by the way so supernova society i know i know yeah, I'm, yeah. i always see the thing like oh it's coming up soon and i'm like oh, i gotta take the kids back to their moms or something listen, so one of these times i will pop in there you can listen in without you know coming on screen or participating pop just pop in oh, and we record it so there you go you have no excuse are you great <laughs> i want to i want to do i'm very i would be very excited just even if like you said just to listen i would be very excited just to hear what goes on yes so so we've got like all these things that we offer and so um so paul was added into the supernova container by brian and um you know when we post like content we just kind of try so it's a society you know it's like a little it's like a a healing container a group of people that are like uplifting and supporting and like talking about ideas and like trying to help each other grow and expand and so um you know we're posting content every so often and i saw a meme that I liked and I didn't really like pour into it in great detail. I was just kind of like, Oh, I like this, pop it up there. And, um, Paul didn't, however, did not like it. <laughs> and so Paul, do you want to like give a I little, don't remember what it was, but I, I obviously took issue. He tore it to shreds. <laughs> I mean, he dissected it. He turned it over. He like attacked the person's family. Like it was, it was like so i want armageddon on this anything worth doing is worth doing right i don't remember what it was i remember the feeling it was like like acrid (laughs) he was so unhappy with this meme and so he like tore it to shreds and was like just went on all these like presumptions and i mean they like once i like actually looked at it i was like well i guess he could go there with that like ooh, you know and i didn't know this guy from adam you know i'm like okay well this is a really intense friend you have here (laughs) like i'm like okay i posted the thing he's not actually attacking me he's attacking the original poster of the thing that i posted and like endorsed i kind of feel attacked um i don't know how to act right now i feel like ah, it was a lot of like like intense energy and i was like okay the feeling was um i've set out like a nice tea party for these people in this container 
and there's like, you know, beautiful, like little cucumber sandwiches and sugar cubes and whatnot and a plate mm. of scones. And then Paul comes along and like shits in the scones. <laughs> is, what, is what I was experiencing from my end. Nice Polly Poo sandwich. I Lovely. Like, Why nice. is this guy like getting in, like shitting in my scones? I'm just trying to have like something nice, you know? And, and it was this like, um, and it really triggered me to this like, um, like, do I kick him out of this container? Do I let him have like a space? Do I retort? What do I do? <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, Paul, like, you, you don't even like this, like really didn't even affect you at all. <laughs> Paul's just no, being no, Paul. He's like, this is what all. I do. This is just part of my personality. This yeah, is just, like, what I, I, do. Just spent, I have spent the last year in a container <laughs> with uh, a bunch of, of erudite Jewish folks tearing apart the emergence of the new right and man we don't pull punches in I there mean, like, it was this like is just thrash. everybody's tearing everybody apart and there's this deep speculative analysis and hermeneutics and exegesis on the most basic principles and concepts and that's just how we do and i got into that mode and i took it into another place where i was like oh wait I immediately after holly uh, holly responded i was like oh i went too far <laughs> what is happening no. right now <sighs> all right Got yeah. it. And anyway, so go on. It was it. it was really cool though because I had some other stuff like happening behind the scenes, you know, with um, kind of like some patterns of like different like archetypes showing up in my life, and so he was kind of like this person that showed up in this way that I was like, okay, I've been here before, and I acted in a way that like didn't really work for me. Now I have an opportunity to do something different, you know, because I've learned, and mm-hmm. so, so instead of like kicking him out and like you know flipping the table and throwing the shitty scones on him. You know, I was like, okay, let me try to do something different. Let me like seek some wise counsel. So we talked to, you know, Brian Alomo and they were like, okay, so, you know, he's going intense with this, but it's not at you. And, you know, we can't really tone police this thing. That's not your job, you know? And so I was like a little codependent, like, what do I do with this? You know, but it all in all, it ended up being a situation where I was like, okay, I'm going to choose to take a different path than I took before because I can see that this is the universe like giving me a gift by giving me a chance to like do have a do-over with this kind of very similar lesson. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, I'm going to take a different path with this. And so I was like, let me take a path of like compassion and like not taking it personally. Let me just see like what might come out of it. And then eventually, so I just like kind of breathed through it, didn't act. Um, definitely had my, my own like, you know, cascade of emotions, but, um, but I like just decided to take a, a higher path with it. And so over time, like he kind of, I think Brian talked to him about it. It was like, Holly's upset about her tea party. And, um, <laughs> and then he was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know. And like, apologize. And like, if I would have known in that moment of like, you know, that um, fight or flight of like, I'm upset, like I'm making something nice and someone's not, you know, appreciating it the way that I want them to, you know, that in my moment of needing mm-hmm. to have control, honestly, for being honest here, um, if I would have, you know, acted irrationally or without compassion or making it, you know, personal or needing to control the situation, then I would have robbed myself of this very rich fulfilling love that we have now (laughs) like we ended Mm -hmm. up like um not only bridging that um tea party situation (laughs) but we um we ended up like working together through the challenge and like being you know vulnerable with each other and sharing and like coming to like truly deeply appreciate each other in in a very um 
like just intimate way, like just a very emotionally, spiritually, like vulnerably intimate way. And, um, and so it's been amazing because at one part of my story and my timeline, he would have been, you know, the villain, the, the scone shitter, you know, <laughs> in, my, mm-hmm. in my party. And then, you know, but then like later on in my timeline, he ends up being, you know, a teacher, a healer, a guide for me, you know, a transformative you know, a person that's transmuting, you know, this chaos and helping me channel this into a different way. And, and then there's a lot of me having to get up, give up control and trust him to do this, you know? Well, and that's a, a brave thing is wrong. A rare thing that you did simply because of the nature of the internet. Yeah. And the way things have gone five years, three years, the last year, last two years, Somebody does something like that and probably any other person but you in that exact moment. And it's fuck this guy out of here. You know what I mean? And then you talk about him after you kick him out of the group. <laughs> like that's what everyone else, almost everyone else on earth would have done just I... because that's the keyboard warrior era. You know what I mean? People just they don't give a shit. They say oh, what they yeah. want. If it pisses you I'm off, the, I'm, screw I'm you. Pole- I was this polemical before the Internet. the internet didn't make this one Um, but I I appreciate your you know your faith in my you know shiny unicornness in the situation but I really I believe that there's a lot more people than just me that understand the concept that if you want a new thing you have to behave in a new way you know and so and and life will give us these these patterns these lessons these archetypes you know and so like when so i have the awareness and like that's available to anyone if you just start paying attention and looking for it and like you know being conscious mindful um so i had the awareness i was like okay this feels very much like this other situation that happened i was like all these dynamics are similar this is life giving me this lesson again. And we, we get choices hmm. in our life that we can continue to repeat the same pattern again and again. Like you break up with um, one, you know, crazy ex or whatever. And then all of a sudden there's another one that's like pretty much just like them shows up at your door. And then you do your it next and, crazy then you, and then you do it again. Like now, like you've got a whole closet full of crazies, <clears> you know, and you're like, I can't understand what it is. Like, it's just, you know, it's not me. Oh, right? I see posts like that all day mm-hmm. and everyone's like, I'm the common denominator, right? So that's what people don't want to like understand, but, but that it's so empowering to, to take that, to be like, okay, I see a pattern in my life happening. Um, the only thing that's the same in all of this pattern is me. I'm, I'm here in all of this pattern. So maybe, maybe I, if I'm can, you know, step outside of my ego and my own fear, enough and do the shadow work and be like, Hey, that might, I might be the common denominator. It might actually be me that's, Mm -hmm. that's participating and creating this or accepting it or welcoming it even. And so like, I see this again, let me choose to do something different because I did not like how that turned out. That did not serve me. That was not my highest self. I'm seeing this whole scenario laid out again. I'm going to choose differently now. And I did. Which is harder than it sounds. Everybody oh. can say it. Very few people can do it. And for those that I have more it, faith in humanity than you guys do. <laughs> I, I I agree with uh, Paul. This is, I, I and I'm not. To, I don't. I don't mean to be cynical. Um, I, I I just mean to be to be honest about the state of humanity at this current phase of evolution. 
Um, the way our brains work is very mechanical still. And we would, you know, we wouldn't survive if most of our behavior wasn't mechanized. You know, you go to sleep at a certain time. You know, I mean, you don't have to run your body. It's all mechanical. And so is consciousness. Uh, this is, again, borne out in every mystical tradition that you can think of. And it's the core message of all mystical traditions is that you are asleep. If you work really hard, you can wake up a little bit and your life will be dramatically better just by waking up that little bit. Um, and that's a beautiful message and it's an empowering message. It's not meant to be seen as, uh, as, as a, a condemnation at all. Uh, it's just an honest recognition of the current state of things. Uh, we are living in tumultuous times. And I think that one of the best things we can do is admit where we are, admit where we're at, what we can do and what we can't. Uh, because how do you find your way to what you can do if you don't figure out where you stand to begin? Um, and I want to say that uh, with Holly and with Sierra, um, I've been so fulfilled uh, in my trust of humanity. Uh, they've rewarded me well, both of them, in so many ways. Uh, and, uh, you know, I... I uh, I have a critical eye, but I am not a cynic. I'm an optimist to the core, and, and it may surprise people uh, that know me to hear me say that, but I, I'm fully 100% an optimist. I believe in humanity, even with, but I'm also not ashamed or afraid to look honestly at the state of things, the state of people. Um, that doesn't mean I don't have enormous love and hope for every single person that I meet, um, even the ones that I don't like. It just uh, seems that you're one of those people that would point out if I had some shit between my teeth or like toilet paper on my shoe, like, <laughs> hey, keep yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I would do it with love, and then I would buy you a drink. I would wait until you were at the table <laughs> and make sure everyone else saw it, and then be like, eh, you know, yeah. See, I do it. I wouldn't embarrass you with it. I, I, I find <laughs> a moment. Yeah, Paul, uh, Paul can what? he can be um, like a big like change maker and can be kind of like, oh, we need to change this stuff, you know, and can definitely be like, you know, can um, inspire, uh, you know, action. But he is definitely like super soft and squishy and sweet on the inside. Underneath oh. the, the crusty so candy shell. He's so sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just been such a um, such a blessing to be with both of them. And then, um, Sierra and I have like, I've actually have more history with her sister who's my epigenetic coach. And, uh, we went to uh, burning man events together. And I also met Brian Weiner and Lomo through burning man. So all the burning man is the, the tie that binds through all of this like burning culture. Um, but, uh, Sierra, um, is my, my friend Erica's sister. And so, she, so Erica was um, one of the coaches in our challenge that Paul was also in where I got to know him really well at that point. And, um, and so Erica was one of the coaches and she was like, can I get my sister in at the last minute? You know, she's like, can we have like one more space? And we're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll squeeze her in, you know? And we were like, oh, should we let her? I don't know the deadline. Da, da, da. We let her in. And she was like the best. She was absolutely amazing. Like one of the most, um, just present. She did the work. She took it seriously. Like it was all like, you know, the alchemical journal uh, journey and like going within and, you know, reinventing yourself, like the, you know, transforming yourself, mm -hmm. doing the shadow integration. It's, it's very deep it's called the, um, 
chain reactor. Um, sorry, no, that's the event. Event horizon is the challenge and chain reactor is like this other course that we do similar <clears throat> vibes. But um, Sierra just came and showed up and she was just so just took it so seriously. She was so eager to do the work, eager to show up, eager to be vulnerable, eager to look at every part of herself and to share it vulnerably. And it was just such a beautiful thing. It was so easy to get to know her so quickly because she was so open. And she and you have to love yourself in order to do that, I think. Mm-hmm. Would you say so, Sierra? What was that experience like for you? Uh, it was uh, very timely. I really needed that. <laughs> at, that <laughs> at that exact moment in my life, I really, really needed that. And it was perfect. I had some supplemental reading that was complementing it. I was just delving into the existential kink practices and I don't know if there could have been better timing, honestly. (laughs) It was so perfect timing to meet you and to meet Paul and Benjamin and just all of these factors in my life coalescing so perfectly to, I don't know, it left a really good taste in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah, that was some good magic in that that whole situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I mean, you sound like you benefited from it more, and I have a feeling that has to do with your integrity and your approach to life in general. Uh, <laughs> you got so much out of it. Like, you get credit for some of that, for sure, uh, your character, that is. And, um, again, back to the power of working with other people. Um, and I think this is one of those things that right now we're, we're, we're so challenged with uh, is is – how do we step outside of the crucible of isolation that social media and all the other basic factors, whether it's, you know, horrible poverty and, and just the general uh, economic circumstances, pandemic and all the other, you know, political division and so on. Like, how do we get together? How do we get off our damn phones and computers and in a room with people, whether it's through our phones and computers in my case, <laughs> but, you know, but whatever, how do we get together? Because I think that's where the power lies. I think it's the only place the real power lies is together. And um, I, I, I think that if we can get over our curmudgeonly isolationism and, uh, you know, just mechanical fixation on electronic devices, not that those don't aren't beautiful, powerful things that and wonderful tools for uh, for everyone that has them. Uh, but man, the real power is in, in in other people, with other people together, in in ways that that I'm still started still figuring out. Um, mm-hmm. But I will tell you the results are phenomenal, and these stories I'm hearing just of all the ways that Sierra's life was changed. I mean, like right, so many things came together for you in that. Like damn, like your yeah. whole life worked up. I mean, I think that the universe tends to affirm things when you're yeah, doing yeah, the yeah. right no, things. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, you take one step. Well, I put myself you. first, which is something that I don't normally do, uh, well, and in, in in doing so, uh, you know, new career opportunities, new romantic opportunities, <clears> new <throat> friendships, and just networking in all the ways, and wealth and abundance in all the ways, and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was. It was definitely a great time for that to show up in my life. Do those seemingly impossible things, and occasionally good things happen. In your case, it sounds like a bunch of them happened. And again, I give you credit for that. Well, I'm very uh, powerful. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's true. We were, yeah, I'm, we were lucky to have yeah, her. Yeah, you can be facetious about it. I'm being honest. I think she's being serious. <laughs> She no, I'm being serious. She I'm a powerful. She knows. <laughs> well, all right, all right, all right. Good, good. That's not. People so- are trying to be cheeky when they say that sort of thing. 
I forget how honest you are, too. I'm powerful and I am magic. Look at me go. Hell yeah, you are. <laughs> and well, you don't need me to say it. And you said that you finally, I don't remember if you said finally, but you put yourself first. Oh, I said which, finally. Which yeah. you, which you, you know, obviously weren't or didn't think you were before that. But that's something, I mean, they teach that to kids from birth to not do that. Like you give consideration to other people, other people's feelings. Watch what you say. You know, don't do this. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. You're more taught to be more concerned about being polite or caring about other people's feelings. They'd never say one. There's none of those old world phrases and sayings that have to deal with you taking care of yourself. Don't catch yourself on fire uh, trying to keep other people warm. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've never heard that, but I love it. <laughs> Put the oxygen mask on yourself first before helping others. Yeah. yeah, it's just, but that's what I'm saying is most people don't, they give and give and give because that's what they think they're always supposed to do. And they're a hollow shell by the end of every day because they're so wore out worrying or caring about other people and not saying you shouldn't, but it's the fine line to. between interdependence and codependence. Yeah. yeah, and you don't have the to, goal be an is to be like you don't like being yeah. taking care of yourself and putting yourself and your needs first isn't <clears throat> being an asshole. Like it doesn't mean that you don't have compassion for other people or care about other people's needs. It's taking responsibility for your sovereignty, for your well-being, so that you don't become a burden for someone else. It's actually a very um, communal thing to do is to take care of yourself yeah. first, so that you're so that you can actually stand strong. You you have your needs met. You have your boundaries, you're well, then you can really help each other, help other people and really make a difference. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. Isn't necessarily taught. It's always no. taught that you care about everyone else and you worry about everyone else's feelings and blah, blah, blah. There's not a lot of talk, especially at for school age up till even, you know, seniors in high school about self care, maybe the wrong word, but like yeah. the love of self, you take care of yourself Otherwise, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be unhappy. You're not going to whatever because you're too busy, worried, or caring for other people. You'll get resentful if you yeah, remain like Yeah, this. because the well's going to run dry if you keep handing out buckets of water. <laughs> you have to fill your own bucket, so to speak. I, I don't know how to how I'm else sure to word it. I'm sure that's a catchphrase somewhere. I just keep over the top of my head, and if I heard it in some movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like Harrison Ford said that. I really hope he did. Uh, if I pulled that out of nowhere, I'm really happy. I I think, um, you know, we're in a transitional phase in history, obviously. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Catholicism, which is kind of one of those institutions that epitomizes self-sacrifice, mm. uh, whether it's for God or for the church or for the family or for the, you know, X, Y, and Z. All of the above, uh, yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with God or, you know, communion or, or family, uh, but sacrificing the self in the name of any one of those things is not something that uh, is very sustainable. Um, one of the things that I've been reminded of by Holly, by Sierra, and by a bunch of other people in this community is that self-sacrifice is selfish. Um, it can be. It become. It can become a selfish venture. Uh, because you're robbing the world of the full uh, gamut of your capability and energy. Uh, if you don't take the time to care for yourself, uh, the world misses out. 
and other mm-hmm. people miss out. And, uh, it, and, and in that way, selflessness becomes selfish. Kind of ironic. Oh, sure. And what I had a thought pop in and I should have written it down, but I didn't. But when you were saying before, like the people, groups of people interacting with people, helping each other, the the whole group thing. And now through technology, because that's been made easy. But you said that could go both ways. And I just picture like when they finally started reopening the restaurants and such things like that around here, um, you can go to any anywhere anywhere where you're sitting down with other people a restaurant a bar a grocery store for Christ's sakes a walmart whatever and you'll see a group of kids whether they're high school friends or whatever a family mom dad and a couple of kids who are old enough to have cell phones and they're sitting at the same table and not one of them is looking at anything other than their phone so it's good in a way that i can talk to you awesome people through the magic of the internet but also when you're physically able to sit next to someone and have no communication with them, that to me is the exact opposite. <laughs> like that's horrible. Like you have the capability to physically be in the same room with someone and you're not speaking a word to them is tragic to me. And you, I see it all the time where you got a couple, beautiful young couple, who knows how long they've been dating, sitting across the table. And they like the only thing they speak out loud is their order to the waiter. Other than that, they're just looking down at their phone the whole time. And it's it's sad to me because you you can't. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's a lack of being in the here and now. Present. Yes. In, the, in the here and now is a gift. That's why they call it a present, right? <gasps> I like <laughs> that. Uh, what was that? What was that uh, Kung Fu Panda? I thought it was te- <laughs> te- Lasso, but. <laughs> Kung Fu uh, Panda. <laughs> I swear I just didn't. No, that's in Kung Fu Panda. Straight up, the alternative. I don't think it's new. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's where I most recently encountered it. Um, my presence is my present. <laughs> yeah, there's and there's a, a uh, there's a lot to say for being present. Harder than it sounds. Oh, harder than it sounds. I, um, but yeah, it, it does. You don't have to do it for more than a few moments to change the world. Practice that's makes better. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, and, and there's, there's a lot of people running around with a lot of theories and advice and suggestions and ideas about how to transform yourself. Um, and the, a lot of them do leave that part out that, that it does take diligence. It takes work, um, daily work, uh, over a long period of time to truly transform in, in, in gigantic ways. But small changes have huge impacts sometimes, depending on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't think that you have to change the world. Uh, you just got to change one little thing here and there. You know, Holly and I, when we first met, we both approached it just a little bit differently than we normally would. Um, you know, I'd flame people out on the Internet occasionally. And uh, I would never go into their DMs and write, you know, a three paragraph apology. But I did that with Holly, and now we're very close. Um, and you know that was a very different way of going about it for me. Um, and 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 uh, I don't know. Tiny changes can have huge, huge systemic implications. Um, and I think that's one of the best things. 
it's it's part of the benevolence of universe is that you don't have to do gigantic things to make gigantic change. You just have to find the right leverage points and make small changes. Yeah, like sitting still for it. ten minutes a day and just being yeah, quiet. For real. And breathing. Is, is that similar everything. to like butterfly effect? Sort like, of. Well, like the butterfly can flap here and then in across the world they get a storm. The butterfly effect sun. is one of the implications. Yeah, absolutely. The idea that things are connected in ways that we can't possibly comprehend is very comforting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Uh, and that's, that is definitely part of it. Um, I would say that the butterfly effect is 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 one of the factors at play. Um, but but this is something that uh, Richard Buckminster Fuller, who invented like the geodesic dome, which is at Epcot Center, he developed that triangular geometry that uh, everybody knows about, but and a bunch of other things. But he talked about ephemeralization, which is doing more with less. Um, the idea that if you find the right leverage points and act appropriately, you can make enormous changes. He 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 used the the uh, uh, metaphor of the trim tab, which is a part on a rudder on battleships. So you can imagine a battleship, which is the most gigantic, heavy steel thing you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Imagine how hard it is to turn a rudder on that thing. To move, and it's a big problem in design. They they really had a hard time figuring out how to make the rudder steer the you know however many thousand ton battleship. Sure. And there's this little piece on the rudder called a trim tab, and it's a tiny little mini rudder that's on the big rudder. And if you move the trim tab through the miracle of various factors of physics, it moves the entire battleship. And that's a notion that that Bucky would talk about repeatedly in all of his lectures is this idea of being a trim tab. Um, make a small incremental change at the right time at the right place, and you can move the uh, you know the metaphorical battleship. Um, that's fantastic. And yeah, yeah, and that's what we do. We find those leverage points, and we take the time to be present enough to recognize them. And uh, we hand them to you to exercise in your own life. That's fantastic. See, that's what I love. That's why I started this little nugget like that, tied it all together. It's that's perfectly said. It's perfect. Perfect Paul's a analogy. Wordsmith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like words. Sure. I, I make words good. <laughs> I make words good. I make words good. <laughs> Sarah's well, also quite a little wordsmith. As is Holly. We're all very articulate. You're, I, I'm the, the dumb one here for sure. No, uh, even when it comes to, I feel as if I'm not as well spoken. I just pontificate just, all the time. It's see, practice. Dude. There's another one. Yeah, like I know <laughs> what the word means, but uh, like in my day to day. No one in my real life here would ever use the word pontificate. It's just, that's why I enjoy this because I'm getting, I, I just, I love it. Oh, so and I got to say, Sierra, has anyone ever told you, you look just like Scarlett Johansson? I, I hear a lot of different celebrities. Because you look <laughs> just like Scarlett Johansson. I get Anna Kendrick a lot. I don't know who that is. I don't see either of those, but... I, I yeah, you, 
Picture Scarlett Johansson in a hat. <laughs> That's literally Sierra right now. Yeah, I've also gotten uh, Natalie Portman. I've gotten. Ooh, I do like Natalie Portman. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> She's gorgeous. She's, yes. Uh, just thank you, thank you. I take the compliment. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I the likeness because you were sitting there. I don't know if you looked to the side or something, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yep, that's who it is. Yeah, she's, is. she's even more beautiful in person and so beautiful on the inside as well. Squishing <laughs> her squirrel cheeks together. She's the sweetest, like, most beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was just, I could not be happier because I had a best friend. Um, I have a best friend at the time. You know, he was like, we were um, kind of like two peas in a pod and like Benjamin. And so they like, um, met uh, on the challenge, the Event Horizon Challenge, where we all got close. And, uh, or maybe like you met like once before that or something, but like got really, you know, vulnerable in that space. And, um, and then they were like immediately like just madly in love with each other. And he moved to Asheville and now they're like starting this life together. And it's like, so like such a romantic whirlwind and I could not be happier for my friend to have such an amazing like partner and just like knockout girlfriend. Like it's just like he hit the jackpot. I'm so happy for him. Nice. Thanks Holly. Yeah. I mean it. Yes, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to, in 15 minutes, get kids from school. But like yep. I do at the end of all this stuff, um, take turns, whoever wants to do whatever. I'll put all the stuff in the show notes anyway. But just kind of give a little, eh, not to put you on the spot, kind of rough breakdown of what you do and maybe how people could get a hold of you if they were looking to get services of whatever service that you provide and just whoever wants to go first take a turn I'll go obviously last. not holly because she's sitting there with her hand on All right her well uh my name's sierra <laughs> broadland i am co-founder and creative director of divergent perspectives you can find everything that paul and i do at divergent hyphen perspectives.com. You could also check out my personal website, which is an amalgamation of all the fun things I do. That's Sierra Broadland.com. B-R-O-D-L-A-N-D. Um, yeah. Be a pleasure to connect and work with you. Perfect. <clears throat> Miss Holly. I, I feel like Paul going next would be a good segue. So but since they're um, business partners. All right, cool. Uh, my name is Paul Schrag. Um, I am the director of order and chaos at Divergent Perspectives. <laughs> uh, we like to balance both worlds. And um, I am the uh, the storied businessman and uh, the guy that uh, helps get people uh, lined up and moving forward. And uh, I am so blessed to be working with such a bright light and talent uh, as as uh, Sierra. And uh, you can find us, as Sierra said, at divergent-perspectives.com. Uh, hit us up. Uh, we respond to messages very quickly. We do business planning. We do graphic design. We do holistic marketing coordination and strategy. We do all the things that'll help you get your business off the ground. Uh, I personally have launched at least seven businesses and understand the nuances of uh, so many aspects of doing business. And Sierra's creative uh, capacity 
and talent is uh, very rare and very beautiful. And together, uh, we are a team supreme, and we would love to put it all to work for anybody on their path. Well said, Paul. Perfect. Yeah. Holly. I can confirm all of those things. It's been a pleasure to work with them, and it's been um, just a just transformational experience to to be held by them, to be um, encouraged and uh, pushed to my greatness and to um, just help the, to, be, to have assistance and just organizing, you know, this, all the stuff that's up here and like getting it into a, a format where people can, can use it. So they designed my website, which is holly-hamel, H-O-L-O-Y dash H-A-M-E-L.com. And um, Paul designed my logo that B. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's staying in. Let it ring. Whatever. <laughs> Paul's magical tone. Um, yeah. So he he designed that um, the the logo, the bee on my website, which has a lot of um, alchemical uh, symbols and magic in that. And um, um, and then they they both put together the website. And um, so I'm a, a transformational guide, and I. Um, I'm a psychic medium. I do Akashic Records and I uh, coach you along your path to help you reach your goals. People that are mostly drawn to me are um, people that know that they've got a divine spark inside them and they want some help bringing that um, to the surface in a real way um, and in a way that will be a contribution to society. So that tends to be my my, um, little magical niche is people that that want to make the world a better place and um, are already starting to move in some directions of that. And they just need a lot. They need the support and the encouragement and some of the, the tips and tricks. Perfect. The guiding light. All right. Thanks. Thanks. That's what it speak, sounds like. We speak magic and mysticism. We speak many languages. And that's one of the things that I think sets us apart. Um, Perfect. We're not afraid to go into the mysterious with you. Um, even if we're helping you get organized, mystery is part of that too. Indeed. Indeed. Thanks for having us, Mr. Langdon. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Mr. Langdon, it's been a real pleasure, man. I like you. Yeah, he's yeah, hey, any so time. Are you guys, since Paul got all dialed up, uh, good with just a screenshot I can use for the show promo? Is that fine? Yeah. Do whatever you want. Three, two. I yeah, I got to. Frickin' orca coming out my ear. Let's do this. That's right. Okay, one, two, three. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, thank you guys. Still recording. So I'm going to, as soon as you guys hop off, I'm going to hit stop. But yeah, we'll do it again. I'm game for whatever. And I'll uh, make sure to I get the website and all that stuff typed right when I do the show notes. But thanks a ton Bye, for coming and wasting an hour and 45 minutes with me this Bye, afternoon. Well, thanks so much. All right. Take care, everybody. Uh, one yeah, love. you guys take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Are you? My leave button isn't working. I don't doubt that. I'm just, I mean, I'm pressing the leave. <laughs> I mean, I got Mine is grayed pressing out. Pressing the leave button. Nothing's happening. Oh. Let me. I'm going to try to hit stop here. So if I cut out. Bye. You got me, guys. Okay. Well, everyone's finally left me, as is the case for most of my life. All right. That's the joke.